We're off to a fucking bright start here, I've got to be honest. Uh, I soldier on. Clarkie, no one cares about your pins, man. Are we ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. You're getting excited, excites me. Yeah. That's not really the way to fix the problem. Chris may have to come clean on the fact he's on early intervention boomer medication. Oh, the blue pill? <laughs> that's oh, alright. Oh, that's oh, that's some funny inside boomer joke between you guys. I wish. Um, what's with the blue pill fucking lichen nose? Flagra. Yeah. Oh, that old chestnut. That one. Or Camagra or whatever. Yeah. So, anyway, Clarkie? Yeah? What did, you, what did you call it? Early, early, onset. early onset boomer pills. <laughs> <laughs> My cholesterol meter. <medicine. laughs> <laughs> Keep on top of that shit, mate. I've got there's more I can add as well. Yep. Problem is you've got to fucking scroll between them. I need more buttons, like a bigger fucking pad. Just like you buttons. can get separate pads. Yeah, you know, I get fucking mad pads. Mad pads. We could all have our own pad. <laughs> we could. It's true, Michael. Don't, don't shake it. your head, mate. It's a thing. All right. Well, are we ready to roll? I'm ready to roll. I'm ready, I'm ready to do it. Largely ready to roll. Sorry, lady. I oh. can't pat you. Tonight. I'm so organised. I'll probably only be fucking 55 <laughs> to 168 minutes tonight. Is that all? <laughs> it's very yummy at the stubby to, out of the <clears throat> stubby tonight. Very good. Mm. Yeah, no, it's That's good. That's what I'm worried about. So how, how are we feeling? I'm good to roll, man. I'm ready to roll. I'm good to roll too. How are you, Michael? You good to roll? Mate, there's so many creative flowing juices in the shed. I might, I <laughs> <laughs> See what I mean oh, about actually, timing? See what I mean about timing? I made my point about timing. Even, See even how that worked? That's right. awesome. That fat yak uh, parallel went down amazingly well. Just saying. Seen this so we ready? There's more in the fridge, pal. Are uh, we ready? We're ready. Let's go. So, what episode? Start. Episode. 31. 31. Yep. 31, because nothing happened during, we couldn't do anything during lockdown, so it's only 31. Only 31. That's, we're, we're on a bit of a roll, to yeah. be honest, like we're fucking pumping them out, so uh, I suggested that maybe we try and keep this one to an hour's worth of content. Mick thinks that's impossible, I think it's maybe achievable. I think you need to go and put the bong back in the cupboard, mate, <laughs> if you think I we're staying on an hour. About 20 years ago, Michael, I have not... And have not visited that we, since. We need drug testing if you think that an hour's happening. I, I think it's possible anyway. It's definitely doable. Yep. In fact, it's just a matter of hitting the red button there and it's all over. That's it. Just turn mm. it off. Done. It's done. So who wants to start mouthing off first? I might have mentioned it to you this week or last week, Mick. I think it's in danger of sort of losing what the message is because the root cause of all the oppression and all the shit that's happened is the economic mode that's driven all these things. So if we don't examine that and say, yes, Black Lives Matter, what has been the driving force that has created that situation? And the answer is the economic mode of capitalism because it creates poverty and oppression and all those sort of shits as a side effect. If we don't then attack that as the issue and the problem that has now caused this, I can't think of the word that uh, Peter Joseph used now, externality, no, some... Someone help me out. He loves a long word. But he has a really really good word and when he explains it... um, the way that he explains it quite well to say that, well, this is a side effect of capitalism, it's inevitable. If we don't start calling these things out plainly and simply to say 
the reason why this happened is because capitalists around the world were trying to make profit because that's yeah. th- that's it in a nutshell it's, you're, you're it's not about very complicated structural, structural violence no not no, s- no. structural violence is part of it mm, sorry mate. but uh i think if we lose sight of what it is that we're trying to oppose we may get distracted from what we're trying to achieve mm. because rather than the working class sort of linking arms and going black lives do fucking matter yeah. so let's exhaust all of their issues and then link arms with all these other like-minded yeah. groups that have been fucked over rather than what it sort of looks like and i think the danger is we'll end up setting up these little hierarchies within the fucking yeah. downtrodden of capitalism yeah. and fighting over like uh, the bottom end of the whole fucking deal, you know. Yeah, it's like, trying to steal airtime from each other. It's like working people complaining about their wage and comparing that to the wage of another fucking per worker, and <laughs> fucking, you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Like it's just, it's just Someone it's no good. May have put a post up similar to that. It's not. It's just <laughs> not helpful to do fucking argue amongst yourselves when you when you're all pulled together and and point your fucking sharpen your focus on the on where it should be directed then yeah, yeah. we're fucking unstoppable and, and they the, know that the whole capitalism requires fucking division as one of its fundamental things without scarcity with if you don't have scarcity you don't have division you don't have racism you don't it just doesn't exist because there's no need for competition and just a shout out again to the new human rights movement by peter joseph which i recommend to yep. every person before you open your mouth and comment on anything read that book it's it's amazing but one of the things and i re-listened to it over and over again in certain chapters and whatever but one of the things that peter joseph mentioned this week on whatever particular chapter was if you look at things in isolation but then don't try and extrapolate it out to the next thing and then the next thing and the next thing and then link all these things together to go well this thing's connected to the next thing like racism is connected to the economic mode and Mm. all the shit and the drive for profits and you know, the only reason that people were kidnapped from Africa and brought to America was because they wanted to make profit through free labour. Yep. So, once again, the economic mode is the root cause. It seems as though politicians are way too frightened to just come out and say, the way in which we've currently organised humanity around the economic mode of capitalism is why we're facing all these adverse reactions today and we need to fuck it off and think of a different way to organise ourselves... Which because depends which politicians you're talking about. Well, mate. the majority of them. Mm. So the major, the the mass majority of them all. Mm. Obviously, there are good ones out there that that get it, but they're few and far between. It's up to the working class now to start organising on the shop floor, similar to our last podcast, yep. and develop that political worker who gets it, understands why he's being oppressed, how he's being oppressed, and who benefits from his oppression, and starts fucking calling this shit out. Yeah, no, 100%. Whoa. The, yeah, well, this, this is what, this sort of got me thinking, there's been a few triggers. This podcast will go for an hour. I know, it? that have sort of popped up in this frame. So a few weeks ago, insiders, to me, just look like, a cla- it just reminded me of little bits I've heard of Chomsky about framing arguments and framing discussion. And when he, and when he wrote, co-authored a book, it was in the 80s, I think it was, called Manufacturing Consent, and effectively it's referring to the propaganda-style mass media and the way that they frame a discussion and put limitations on the discussion, and that's been my frustration and I'm sure millions of fucking people trying to get through an hour of insiders lately. Because framed, framed as left... So ABC's framed as left. Yeah, yeah. But David Spears and most of the panel... He's from Sky. They're fucking... The furthest left they go is the centre. That's right. It's yeah. the centre and right. That's yep. it. There's so, no fucking lefties on there. No, no. Oh, no, sorry. Real thing, right?
<laughs> it is a real thing. Uh, there's very, very rarely does anyone even step left, and if it does, it looks fucking crazy on that. Oh, and we've had two terms of a conservative government. But not only two terms, Neil, when you compare the amount of time that a centrist or slightly left government has spent in the, in the driver's seat, yeah. it's, it's the ratio's like fuck two, all two to, one. to yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's right. I'm, my thoughts were when you were talking about politics, and this is sort of where I was going to lead things tonight, was when you've got the right side of politics, it, it's last couple of weeks it's been on display regularly, not only with how the, polit- the political discourse has been played out in the media, but also how if you are a conservative party, it's very handy if the media happens to be owned by your mates. Very fucking helpful. And so there's been a lot of things today, and, and probably one of the best... A good example was... Branch stacking. Yeah, yeah. So branch stacking was a major distraction. It took a lot away from robo-debt, fucking... uh, Sports rods, Angus Taylor. Taylor, the whole fucking lot, right? And all of a sudden, we're talking about industrial scale branch stacking. Everyone's going, what the fuck? And it's just crazy. And then if that wasn't enough early in the week, just to finish it off with a cherry on top, we're getting attacked, cyber attacked, on a day when they're announcing weird taxes on uni degrees that might be perceived to be a little bit lefty in the arts and all that sort of stuff. So there's been all this uh, discussion and commentary and I could go through a few little quotes that I had, but there's been heaps of stuff. So they've been defining, when I talk about the limits of the discussion, they've been defining the legitimate use of a, of a taxpayer funds as massive costs. You know, so they made the announcement about the cost of uh, the hotels and they're talking about how it cost a hundred and something million dollars, and how this was a huge cost. But they never talk about they never talk about the cost of inaction, and it's very much the same way they frame the environmental side of things as well. So there's that, and oh, there was a classic quote from Richard Dennis, and um, I think it's well known. It might might be something that he's picked up from before, but we know the cost of everything, but we but the value of nothing. I think that's a fucking great quote that he throws up all the fucking time. I'll play this piece from Noam Chomsky, and I think, for me, this one pretty much sums up how on point the guy is with just about fucking anything you throw at him. So, have a listen to this. What I wanted to know was how specifically the elites control the media. What I mean is, I guess... It's like asking, how do the elites control General Motors? Well, why isn't that a question? I mean, General Motors is an institution of the elites. They don't have to control it. They own it. That's it. That's fucking it. They own the media. They don't have to fucking try and control it. There's no conspiracy. And Chomsky was talking about that 35 years ago. That's, yeah, exactly. And it's gotten significant, much more consolidation of that fact and concentration of it. Mm. Absolutely. Well, Bezos owns, is it the Wall Street Journal or the New York Washington Post? Washington Post, yep. So, yep, slam dunk. Cool. Which, which makes sense when you want to run a dictatorship. Oof. Oof. <laughs> Good one, Neil. Yeah. We're off to a fucking bright start here, I've got to be honest. <laughs> We're off to a man. Probably, probably spoke a fraction soon. I've right. got, got some memes. No, I've got some fucking memes. We're nowhere near mixed memes yet. <laughs> the segment close. that invented itself as a segment without <laughs> being a segment. Are you going to just keep introducing it with your, like... Shit house. Yeah, hey, it's going to hey. be the most shit house intro ever, every time, and it's going to be different every time. Incrementally worse. Yeah. So by the time we're done, yeah. it's just. Hopefully, people will vomit in their mouth regularly when, <laughs> they, when we introduce that segment. Full team America. It's amazing. That um, so on the way here, 
uh, just to touch on something you said, Neil, in the car, I was listening to 747, and they mentioned China's response to Australia's comments around the yeah. cyber attack this week. Yep, gotcha. So they said, and I can't remember the name of the think tank, but it was something like the Institute for Strategic Policy and fucking being like a mad, badass spy cunt. Yep. And... That China's response was, well, they're coming out and saying it's us. However, just bear in mind that they're funded by US arms manufacturers and probably they may be a little bit biased. Mm-hmm. In saying that, let's not trust China either, but that's a fair point. Like, Can you, can you trust, can you trust the, the current model of consolidated power? Yeah. We've probably mentioned it on this potty before about, and you mentioned it, Mick, about where's the next proxy war going to happen? <laughs> And what happened this week? Oh, India and China had a bit of a blue. Had a bit of a tussle with no guns. A very weird fight using rocks. Two major superpowers patrolling a disputed territory and... Out in the fucking boonies, literally killing each other with sticks and stones. Yep. And the Western media goes... We better fucking start fanning that. Very strange. Just smile and wave, boys. Fucking <laughs> oath. Smile and wave. What the fuck's going You'd on there? You'd have to wonder. So, so that was a bit bizarre, but um, now that I've gone off on that little tangent, uh, what I wanted to talk about this week was it also appears as though China is potentially going to execute a alleged drug trafficker from Australia who allegedly was caught smuggling however many kilos of ice quite some time ago Fair bit. and the the whole court prosecution proceedings and whatever seems to happen behind closed doors and no one was familiar with what actually happened and now all of a sudden this week they're going oh yeah by the way now we've got to the point now we've decided that he deserves the death penalty seven years after the fact of him first getting arrested which to be honest sounds slightly dodge probably wouldn't pass the pub test mm. to go what a massive coincidence yes. that that happened. Yes. And so the messaging, you know, from the media has pretty much been that, oh, well, look at this shit that China's doing. It's massively underhanded. It's all in secret. And now all of a sudden <laughs> they're putting X, Y and Z together. Yeah. At the same time... Turns out... ...that we're having a secret trial about Bernard Cleary and Witness, and Witness K. K. Yeah. And... To be honest, the irony. every everyone should be up in arms about this shit because when you we've talked about it on the potty before, what we're actually talking about is Australia bugged Timor Leste's parliament house to get eavesdrop on the tactics that they were going to use to negotiate a deal on who would extract gas from a disputed zone. Got the upper hand, fucked them over. Alexander Danner was involved. He's a real grub basically said to their prime minister we don't give a fuck we don't need the money you do we'll leave it in the ground and we'll tie this up in international courts forever so just fucking do as we tell you mm. no surprise there um if you've ever looked into his family history you'll know they're a complete bunch of grub cunts and anyway so that happened australia basically was able to fuck east timor over and then um it got leaked that australia was up to no good bugged their office uh, Timor Leste then took them to court. Australia backed down and said, oh, well, let's renegotiate. And they got a better deal. But the dodgy shit about all that is Alexander Downer was the one that authorised the Australian... Uh, it wasn't ASIO. It's like a... It's a it's, I can't remember the exact uh, acronym, but it's like an ASIO. He was the one that authorised them to bug 
Timor Leste's Parliament House. When he left Parliament, guess what happened? He got a plum job with a mob called Woodside, who just happened to benefit massively from Australia getting a really good deal from that. So that's fucking massively underhanded. That, that should be able to be prosecuted any day of the week. Yeah, like it's yeah. it's pure, just putrid statecraft against the, our poorest neighbour in the region that needs this shit way more than what we do. So the poorest people in our area, mm. we fuck them over so Downers mates from Woodside could make more money. They've already got plenty. That's been exposed and now they want to have the trial completely in secret mm. because Witness K, who's the guy that worked for the... Um, security arm that basically ran this operation went and got some advice from a lawyer and now his lawyer's being sued his lawyer's fucking place has been bugged and phones have been tapped and shit's been raided and stolen and they want to have his fucking secret trial which if it was ge- if it was a genuine thing which it's not it's to cover up their shit fuckery mm. you'd understand the research that I've done is trials of the nature can happen in an open court it's just that witness K no one gets to identify who he is. That's right. Because the issue that they're, they're saying, the reason why we have to keep it secret is because this bloke's a spy. So if he gets identified, then people that he's spoken to yeah. over a long period of time, you can tie him back to, oh, fuck, that's an informer for a spy agency, blah, blah, blah. He'll blow the cover Which on. is understandable, yeah. yep. but you can still have an open trial where his identity doesn't get exposed. But the identity of Downer... And it was both side of politics. Oh, it wasn't. Yeah. It, it started back in the Hawke Keating era with Gareth Evans. He had a fair bit to play with the um, laying the foundations on this deal. Julia Gillard had a fair bit to but do with it. The, the fucking over of East Timor goes way back. Like, oh, yeah. and I'd suggest anyone sh- um, who wants to know about it reads a book called Island Off the Coast of Asia because that explains a lot of the foreign policy of the time. There's another one I can't think of off the top of my head. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Oh, fuck, what was it called? I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. Um, oh. But I read a couple of books on it anyway. And yeah. it's not... That's what's happened recently, so within our time, but back in the 70s and 80s, and mm. they basically gave the green light to Indonesia to go, go in and invade the joint due to where this disputed border between uh, Australia and East Timor would... Uh, where the line would be drawn. And like we were talking about during the week, if, you, if you're outraged about, I think it was Mick that said, if you're outraged about the China thing and about closed courts and all this sort of thing, you should be fucking outraged about East Timor. You should be outraged about West Papua. And the list fucking just goes on and on and on. And we've sort of continued in that conversation. We're talking about, you know, how people like Downer, they just, there's no fucking morality in their decisions. They, no. And I think it was a quote that you said about Clinton Fernandez, and he's um, he said it's not a matter of morality. These cunts just don't give a fuck. It's just about making fucking bank, man. Just fucking cha-ching, 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 and they couldn't care who they fucking step on. Obviously, that real big money shit huge. establishment above the government that basically the incoming government gets handed a bit of paper or a little black book, yeah, saying here's a list of stuff that's going to probably fucking continue mm. and you're going to find other things to do that's not worry about this. That's yeah. it. And here's because our friend Rupert and he'll fucking help write glowing articles for you to keep everyone distracted. Here's some staffers that because might be very handy. Yeah. They actually used to work for Murdoch Media. Because when you, th- when you think about the fact that the public might get upset and the amount of grief that it causes, generally it's over and done with pretty quickly. So think of something like the war in Iraq, right? Which is fucking horrendous. Like, just absolutely just 
off the show, no good, and every cunt should be writing in the streets. There was public oh, discourse. There was public discourse. It didn't last that long, let's be honest. And they just went and did whatever the fuck they wanted yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's right. So that's on the extreme end. So when you think about, oh, we're going to go and bug our neighbour's parliament house to get a good deal, so we can get more oil and gas for ourselves, that's on the minor scale. So oh. as if as if they're going to give a fuck about shit like that getting exposed and and put out there when you've got the whole fake um, weapons of mass destruction and all the shit that's gone on with the war in Iraq. But anyway, that was just my little uh, rant and tangent Grouse, mate. that I was going to have this week. And, uh, yeah, I'll hand it over to someone else to have their chat about What's things. What's Mick got? What about have you things. got? Oh, you've had your rant, haven't you? You've had oh, your well, we've, been you? Very, we've so far been very compact. We have. Is it is it time, Chris? It's... 35 minutes. No, but is it time? For what? Mm, 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 Mick. No. No? Really? That's right. That's right. Oh, it's in the last quarter. Just, it's like, here's here's a bit of a, a bit of a uh, breezeway to get you guys into your next bit. People have been talking about the idea of who should be protesting and what oh. when is it appropriate to po- protest and all these sorts of things Thank given you. the black lives matter and covid and all these sorts of things i'll be able to help you out with that one yep i would like to point out for all the fucking even people in the center and particularly the right wing saying oh fucking black lives matter the rally shouldn't be happening covid and if we're under restrictions you are fucking too What's the difference between that and Bunnings being packed out every day during the lockdown? No, nothing. Yeah. It's like white people can hang out in numbers, but as soon as a different demographic starts to hang out, it's uh, you're saying dangerous things. And I saw uh, the some shit rags in Victoria trying to fan that flame a little bit by saying one of eight new cases of COVID in Victoria test positive to Corona. And you're like, really? Yeah. So what were the fucking other seven people doing? Yeah. Why don't you want to talk about what they were doing? So one person in a massive crowd gets a fucking, what has become a reasonably common condition, and it's all about Black Lives Matter. So it's this demonisation of the cause. But I did want to make a structural point on the idea of protesting because it goes beyond Black Lives Matter. Like There's a lot of people out and about. There's a lot of union activity in the states in support of it, which is fucking completely awesome and worker activity. So the point I wanted to make about peaceful protest is in capitalism, what we have seen is when people protest for any matter, the police fucking turn up. When shit statues of no value are getting pulled down and they covered Tony Abbott's fucking statue in plastic because it could get pulled down, the police turned up. Mm-hmm. There will be no... Like, the idea of if you protest peacefully, you'll have an effect. As soon as you threaten capitalism you'll get armed resistance from a regulated police force. That's why, to get change, my view is you cannot um, go into it believing that peaceful protest will get the outcome that you want. That's right. Because capitalism will defend itself with violence. And with a very short amount of research, you could fucking roll off a million fucking examples. That the Keystone Pipeline in the US is probably a classic example. Literally, fucking Rio blew up a fucking 46,000-year-old and they got um, like eight more lined up or yeah, something. Yeah, archaeological site. There was some shit carton advisor that's come out and said that basically Rio, now they've got away with that. Uh, their motto is we're just going to go nuts until we get pulled up by someone. No, yeah. they're, they're very sorry. The gloves are basically, the gloves are off. They're very sorry. Yeah. But publicly. Except not. Yeah. Except not. So we'll ring Andrew. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah the buzz. Here we go. This would be an interesting experience for him. <laughs> there we go. Will be. Who we got on the line, Chris? Who's our lucky caller? <laughs> and who is it? Hey, he's probably got the cash. Is it cash cow and fucking sunrise? Hey. It's hey. the sunrise cash cow. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Andrew? Oh, what's going on? What's going on down there? Ah, well, we're uh, in the shed recording episode 31. I decided, or I came up with the idea um, before we started that, hey, let's just ask random people who may listen to our show to give us their number and we'll give them a call and have a quick chat on, uh, on on our episode. So we've given you a buzz. What's going on? Oh, what's going on? As soon as I um, I saw you, I saw your Facebook post. I thought, yeah, I'll have a go at this, you know. And just, just to um, <laughs> I suppose debrief on the last few months of total madness and chaos. Oh, Jesus! Um, <laughs> well, welcome, <laughs> comrade. The welcome. Floor, the shit's <laughs> yours. The fucking shit's yours, man. Sounds like the next few minutes are all you, Andrew. <laughs> and I'm thinking, Jesus, where did it start? You know, one of the things I decided to do right from the very start of this was jot down a few notes every day. You know, just a few sentences of stuff that was relative. And when I saw you, yeah, when I saw your message, I I went back to yesterday's where the unemployment rate, you know. So, what have we got? We got seven point one percent. We're only at the beginning of May at the moment. So God knows what that's going to be. Or by the time we hit September, October, or I reckon we're in for a bit of a um, a bit of a humdinger of a few months there. But yeah. for me, what's most worrying is the youth unemployment. And I noticed I don't give any stats for the. Well, I couldn't find any stats for the female unemployment rate. I suppose that's all mixed in with the with the various age groups. But you know, we're up to sixteen point one percent. You know, for fifteen to twenty four year olds, and that's what's going to you know, really smash us about, smash those kids about and those young people about and where we go to from here. Which is a really undercooked stat, as you'd know, because the um, to be classed as employed, you only need to work an hour a week, which is not a huge use to people that need to subsist on that. Hey, before you keep going, did you want to just give the listeners a brief rundown on your background, just your, your basic stats, just so we've got you marked in time, mate? Just oh, yeah, no worries. Hot weight nose. Yeah. No, well, more um, more just your uh, political affiliations and your your unionism and all that, pal. Yeah, no worries. So, so uh, my name's Andy. I'm I'm an ASU member. I'm a working local government. I come from a I'm a fitter. I'm a fitter by trade. So I come from a construction background. My union history started in Victoria, really, in the late '80s, early '90s. It was you know right at the end of the BLF era. So there was quite a few of those, I suppose guys around in construction when I was there at the time, so I, uh, well, I'm trying to think back back that far, so I, yeah, was FEDFA, um, so I started off as an FEDFA member in construction, but I, but as a metal worker, I, you know, my, my first union when I was doing my apprenticeship was Metal Workers Union, obviously, from there, I came back down here after doing, oh, probably 10 years, 10 years over there, I worked for myself for another 10 years, and then I ended up in local government, so I've been an ASU member for, uh, since I started in local government in 2013, um, I've been a delegate for five years. I, I've been on the um, branch executive of the ASU Big Taz branch for uh, two years. 
coming up to my second lot there. I really started getting involved in the trade union movement through my union in 2018 during the um, Braden by-election, yep. where I spent a month up there working with ATTU field organisers, unions, CAS, people from all over the state, really, who got involved in that, but mainly with the ATTU. And from there, I sort of just got involved with um, any sort of campaigning that I could really sort of get me, get me hands on. And I'm really lucky within my union, they do, they're really open to getting members involved, rank and file members involved in, in any of the campaigns that they run. I managed to help with a submission that we put together for the Ensuring Integrity Bill last year. So we sat in front of a parliamentary committee, uh, I think it was September or October last year. Yep. And then we, we were part of an ACTU submission that went to Canberra, I think at the end of November. Yeah, it would have been end of November and... And we managed to actually get it stopped at the time, but it came back, as you guys know, it came back before Parliament this year. And thank God it got the arse eventually. So really? yeah, that's a bit of, yeah, yeah, that's it. So that's a bit of my rundown. You know, like I said, I come from, from construction originally, but um, ended up in local government through what I'm doing now. So yeah, and here I am. <laughs> How good's that, mate? That's brilliant, yeah. eh? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so a bit of a checkered history. I'm, I've been pretty lucky. I've been... um seen a lot of different facets of the trade union movement over the years but never really had the opportunity to to get involved until probably yeah five years ago so yeah that's that's my story awesome brilliant power good on yeah you. so back yeah. to your, back to your notes mate what what else you've been uh writing uh, down over the last few months what do we got what do we got so one of the things that i see through all this and not just through my own thoughts but Obviously, talking to, to people with inside my union and and people within other unions too, because you know, like sometimes within when you're within your own union, I suppose you can get into a bit of a bubble at times. So I like to yeah, we, sort of um, <laughs> the shed yeah. is a bubble, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, like I like um, getting you know, like catching up with other people to see what they're doing and what their unions are up to, you know. But but I see this this particular period of time as as a huge opportunity for the trade union movement because yeah. we are one of the only entities on the ground at the moment that people are going to get trustworthy information from, you know, and there's a lot of a lot of chaos and uncertainty out there and I think if we can capitalise on that as a movement, we can we can go forward really, really well from this, if yeah. that makes sense. And in, why, in do you, my- why do you think that is, though? Do you think it's because of the information that we give to our members comes from an authentic place and the intent of that is to create better outcomes for the majority rather than what you see from the elite capitalist class, which is an opportunity to, an, an opportunity to exploit a crisis to then further line their pockets, whereas the what we would want to achieve from it is something better for the entire community. Yeah, I, I think that word intent is is bang on the money. I think people are, are slowly starting to wake up that there's not a lot of trusted entities out there at the moment. You know, there's, because of this this crisis, there's a lot of entities out there are just trying to cash in on it. You know, and you yeah. can see that in talk of deregulation, you can see. Um, and I go back to the environment too. The environment is getting smashed at the moment. It's you know. It's going to get taken advantage of pretty, pretty critically. Fa- I think fast, um, fast tracking is a word that's been thrown around a little bit lately in that, that space. That's it. That's that's where I was sort of you know thinking of. I think the government takes people for mugs at times, and they don't give people enough credence that they do actually know what's going on, and that, that people do critically think. 
I think they don't give enough people or give people enough credit. I suppose, it, you know, they pay people for mugs. I don't think there's as many mugs out there as what they think there are, mm. you know. I suppose um, it's it's our job to try and be the mortar in all that and, and bring all the interest groups together, you know, so we don't yeah. um, continue this sort of competition for various scraps of the whole picture. Yeah, and then, and that's one of the, the biggest problems that I see is that, and I've talked talked about this to some of my colleagues or some of my comrades in my union, you know, like, well, once again, this is just an opinion, you know, um, but but I think it's going to take a, a collection of like-minded people that or like-minded groups that don't always necessarily get on or see eye to eye, but to be able to come together to actually drive change and fight what we got on our hands at the moment. I think that's going to be the secret in the long term. Sure. You know, some unifying factor that can bring groups together that normally wouldn't band together to, to actually fight something that's bigger than us sort of thing, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and all, all those points you've talked about, mate, like the the aberrations in employment law, in racism, in the environment, all those things are negative factors of the economic system and all the talking that's happened, like you, you've picked up all the cues in the, the speeches that have been made, all of those things will continue to be sacrificed and worse in the name of the economy, which is just code for capitalists getting going again, you know? Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and trying to go really, really hard, you know, and it was really interesting. I listened to a podcast the other day and it was Patagonia did it and it was a guy uh, called Sean, Sean O'Doherty and he's pretty active. He's, um, he was one of the guys that organised or helped organise the Fight for the Bite oh, campaign. Yeah. That, that, yep. And he's a really interesting guy and, and so they had him on this podcast and he spoke about the fossil fuel industry going for this one big last gasp. Yep. Because they know... They're losing relevance. That, that's it. They're losing relevance. They're struggling to get funding for huge projects anymore. Well, when, yeah. the, when the prices of the, the things collapse, like oils that basically they're giving it away, they've got to come up with a bit of colour and movement and reason to actually continue as a commodity rather than something that's just got no value and should be given away. That's exactly right, you know. Anyway, uh, I'm rambling on a bit here, but, but what I will say... One well, of the welcome, mate. Here, <laughs> welcome. You're just getting, you're just getting going. <laughs> one of the things, well, going back to what Clarkie said about, you know, um, what was that word that he used, and we touched on it, around trust. People having one entity that they can trust or they know, that they know they're getting the right information from. I had a phone call from a guy or a message from a guy last Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. I was sitting down and I was just having me toast and coffee and I get this message and it's from a guy that um, would, prob- would probably be the last person that I would ever have thought that would want to need a union or actually want to join a union and he sent me a message saying, oh, you know, I've seen, seen your stuff on social media and, you know, I've seen a bit of, you know, some of the stuff that you talk about and all the rest of it. He said, I've got a bit of an issue with an employer. I don't know how to handle it, you know, and it was to do with, with long service leave. And I said to him, you know, just give us a ring, you know, when you get a chance this morning, you know, and I'll, I'll point you in the right direction. And anyway, two minutes later, this guy rings me, you know, five minutes past eight on a Sunday morning. And I won't go into the story, but he knew, even though he wasn't a unionised person, I don't think, from the conversation I had to start with, um, or he hadn't had a lot to do with unions, he knew that he would get a straight bit of information from me. Yep. And that says and that said it all to me, you know, like, okay, we're gonna if we can do this right, educate we have a real op- 
Exactly. That's, that's probably a better word. If we can educate people, we have a real opportunity as a movement here to, to draw in people that we wouldn't normally draw in, that we've probably struggled to draw in yeah. you know, for years past. Being able to tell that story of winning collectively is probably one that the opportunity to tell that story and have lived ex- examples is in a crisis like this when you've got high unemployment, weird shit happening, employers getting very fucking excited, employers, groups getting incredibly excited about the opportunity to leverage some of this pain and desperation for work and paid employment to make changes and give people like three shifts a week and stupid shit and tell them they've got to work the last hour for the dinner that they're going to give them for free or they can have a free beer or something stupid, you know, all this sort of stuff, back to the old wage theft and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, if, if we're getting wins on the board in that space... It's good. And, the, and heaps of other things. You just change your whole, just the whole, everyone having to stop and look at things differently. Like just in our space, like Zoom's been used more often for things we never thought we'd use it for and all that sort of stuff. Have you been doing different things with technology? Yeah, heaps of different stuff. We like, fly to Melbourne once every, well, last year it was once, once every month. But yep. this, this year it was once every two months for a, for a branch exec meeting. But because of what's going on, we're just doing stuff over Microsoft Teams. And yeah. it seems to work really, really well, you know. And I think it's a really, really stark reminder that, that there's more than one way to organise. You know, there's, there's many ways to organise. And, and maybe this, like you just said, this is for people to actually think outside the square a bit. Yep. And go towards things that we've never, ever thought about doing before. You know, it's a bit um, cheaper, bit cheaper too, isn't it, than getting on a plane? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and you can do it from the comfort of your own couch with a beer in your hand. <laughs> yes, Alle- allegations, Alle- allegedly, allegations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome, mate. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, I'll, I'll get off this, and um, no doubt you've got stacks of other people to talk to. Yeah, oh, fuck the phone. The list is like too deep. Okay, next caller. The, <laughs> the internet is busted. It's just absolutely melted. Yeah, all right, no worries. I'll get going. Awesome, no worries, mate. Thanks for taking our call. And, uh, no worries. No doubt in the future when we do this again, um, we'll probably give you another buzz at some stage. Good on you, man. Keep, yeah, up, no, the bl- keep yeah. up the blue, eh? Yeah, no worries. Good stuff, guys. Thanks a lot. Good on you. Thanks, mate. All right, see you. See you, bye. Six. Anyway, Mr. Kappa. Bye, Rick. That's good. Fucking hell. It's on the page. Hi, Alex. Hey, Hey. What's going on? Not much. Who am I speaking to? Righto, next caller. You're fucking next caller. Oh, fucking Ando and Clarkie. You're in the shit. Oh, oh, righto. Right, we're playing this game. That's good. Uh, Didn't give Gilly a fucking shout-out, but that's all right. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) It's fine. How you going, man? <laughs> Not too bad. What's happening? Fuck a heap of stuff. Just in the shed on a on a f- Friday evening recording a potty. That's right. Cold as shit. Oh, yep. Yeah, it's, once you kick all the fucking penguins out of the way, mate, it's not too bad. What's going yeah. wrong and what are we going to do to fix it? Oh, fuck, everything's going wrong, mate. It's fucking <laughs> country led by the Liberal Party, mate. We're fucked. Yeah, a bit of, just a, a, a little sprinkling of fascism in there. Yeah, well, fucking hell. Yeah, the police union down here is trying to redefine what sets in custody is so that their members can't get blamed for as much. Uh, That's not really the way to fix a problem. Nah, you know. 
if you just make less things count as deaths in custody, then you can reduce the number of deaths in custody. Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking uh, agree with even George Floyd. Like the thing that sort of kicked the ball up in the air again. Unfortunately, we shouldn't just trivialise his life. But even in the mainstream news, the cunt was murdered on the street, and they said technically it was a death in custody. Like those two things just don't. No. They don't gel for me. He was fucking murdered by cops. That should be the headline, yeah. you know? Yeah. And you see um, one of the things that I've seen to start to a little bit to s- spread out in there about George Floyd is these fucking ridiculous memes about, oh, check out his criminal record. Oh, yeah. It's like that's completely irrelevant. What the fuck's that got to do with anything? Mm. Yeah, I know. Someone shared the um, – I can't remember. One of the uh, one of the Republicans in America had like, you know, such and such exposed – George Floyd's criminal past. And so no one's questioning whether or not he'd broken the law in the past. It's the fact that he was fucking killed on the street. Mm, and you know, even if he had broken the law, it doesn't change that he was fucking murdered on the side of the road before he'd even been convicted of, of uh, this specific crime. That's right. And then you've got like four... Or I've, I've seen that meme, and it's not only looks like it's been written by a three-year-old, but it's also the, the middle body of it is to do with cocaine possession. Who gives a fuck? What, like, so yeah. poor people are the only ones that are convicted of drug crimes, let's be honest. Rich people yeah. aren't getting pinged for fucking gear. And at the end of the day, what are we saying? That we just don't forget it. We forget about courts anymore and that we let fucking cops go around deciding who dies for their criminal record. It's just fucking worst argument ever. Cops just get to be judged during execution and now on. I would rather that didn't happen. That'd be uh, fucking uh, really good. It'd be my preference, to be honest. Yeah, man. (laughs) What was the um, incident this week? Was that in South Australia, Alex, where the video emerged of old mate Coppin getting arrested and the cop was, like, punching him in the head as they were restraining him on the ground? They were, and that did happen, but let's not worry because they did an internal investigation and the police commissioner said it's all sweet, eh? Oh, oh, thank fuck for that. (laughs) God, I was worried. I'd worried they'd been wrongdoing there for a second. But the clincher, the clincher is right. So, and we raised this. I think it was in last the last potty with in mixed memes. Is the he's like, oh, he's resisting arrest, but then he got released without charge. Yeah. So, yeah. what are you fucking arresting him for in the first place? If there's no charge or no warrant to arrest arrest him in the first place, but to make sure that you arrest him, you punch him in the head. Like that was a nice what quick. The fuck? That was a nice quick plug for your segment there, Clarky. My when, segment. Yeah, fuck off, Neil. It's, it's not my segment. It's mixed segment. In a real, in a real actual thing, there's this weird thing where the community's all outraged about violence and antisocial behaviour down at the Wharf precinct, where all the nightclubs are which is the capitalist interest down there is to feed people full of piss, which makes people fight and carry on. And that's this big fucking mystery. It's like people are trying to reinvent the wheel going, fuck, I wonder why this is happening. This is weird. <laughs> and we're going, I think, uh, I don't, I fucking reckon that's a connection there. But anyway, so um, it's really about, in a modern smart society, the need for, you know, a police state is fucking no more really. You don't need essentially regulated private security guards to keep rich people safe. There's a whole wealth of like services that could be provided, mm. probably for less money, that 100%. would have greater outcomes for the community. But, you know, instead we're stuck with a government and, you know, it's probably it's both sides of government, 100%, that would rather see... They want to be seen as being tough on crime by upping police force ratios and that sort of shit rather than actually going, well, what's the root of the problems that's causing these issues and how do we address those? 
Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Think think about beat cops. Like, oh, you got to. What about the the old lady getting a handbag taken? If there was a known fact that there weren't beat cops around, and there's this, well, there might be a fucking cop there to actually do positive things in the community at a low chance. People might actually take a bit of believe in a bit of community spirit and actually take ownership over these sorts of issues themselves, rather than sort of feeling like there is going to be an external force that's going to come and do fuck all about it later. You know. Mm. Poverty is a human invention, and a lot of it's linked back to poverty and artificial scarcity and structural violence and all of these things. And like Alex just mentioned, if we, if we spent more money on things like New Start so people weren't so impoverished, if we spent more money on things like drug rehabilitation and support for people, it's, we probably would then spend less money on policing. So the overall cost wouldn't potentially be different when you think about the criminal justice system, policing and things of that nature. You'd just be spending it in different areas to prevent these things from happening in the first place. So how is that not a better outcome generally for the community? I don't know. I just find it a yeah, bit, a bit strange have, how everything's a nail and the police are the hammer. Yeah. I think if you like, if it was truly investigated into like alternatives to policing, it might be a similar cost up front, but... If you're actually addressing the root of the issues, then you're reducing the problem down the track as well because you're actually you're addressing the issues in the forefront so that they're not carrying on. There's not a lot of um, profit to be had out of pro- uh, solutions, though, brother. That's the problem. Yeah, that's true. Well, what are the prisons doing? There's no more prisoners. We can't have that industry die. And if all stunned. you've been seeing dangerous things. <laughs> if all the plebs are content and happy and uh, at peace, there's and they can't be divided, then the libs don't get voted in. I think that would be uh, quite a big problem. Tough. I mean, it'd be great for the rest of the world. It'd just be a problem for them. Sure. And we keep on tripping over ourselves and fucking it up. So what else is news, mate? What's happening? What else is happening in SA? Oh, no, much. It's quiet. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of uh, some projects getting deferred because of the coronavirus. Infrastructure is still moving ahead. It's the private investment stuff that seems to be getting put on hold and want to check that their investments are going to come through profitable and all that sort of stuff. But I thought so. they were the uh, job creators. That's right. <laughs> we, we just need them to create more wealth. They don't need workers, do they? What's happened here? Uh, I don't know. It's weird, eh? Like, for some reason, they haven't just arbitrarily decided to employ more people out of the kindness of their hearts, oh, which is everything I believe in is that. I, sure, I was sure that those penalty rates were going to fix the jobs, the unemployment <laughs> issue. <laughs> Uh, we should have definitely been at full, full, un- nah, full we, employment by now. No, we just haven't cut enough. Well, we didn't fucking cut no, enough. That's, that's the next step. Nika did have a crack at it. Try. It was Bo uh, Malone from Queensland. Shout out to Bo, good lad. He put a post up about how you know how shit it was that they were trying to take penalty rates, and some dude who drank heaps of Kool Aid was like, "No, nah, you've got it all wrong." It was about creating jobs and job security. <laughs> what, so cutting penalty rates and changing fucking start times going to create jobs. How about you give yourself a triple and never comment ever again? Oh, it's, it might have something to do with customers walking through the door. Might be a thing that is the equation that puts numbers behind the kitchen or behind the fucking coffee machine or whatever, yeah. But no, penalty rates, that might be where the secret lies. I just probably misread the room. Crappy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. electrical can be one fucking shitstorm, can't it? Like, yeah. just the worst fucking opinions and the fucking biggest bootlickers. Some, who... some true believers in there. 
It's it is. In, you got to know thy enemy, though, eh? So it's important to keep an eye on what what's actually the prevailing I, narrative. I honestly think, with about ten to twenty good cunts, you could just co-op that website and just smash it and just run your turn it around and turn it around. Because I'm at was it this year? I can't remember the time. Just rolls on. Must be my age getting on. You know, getting towards that boomer era age. But we went to a union stats conference, and the guy gave a speech about social media and how to use social media and co-opting pages and how I think there was a, a FIFO page that a heap of union members got on and co-opted and basically made it into their own platform. And I posted something on um, crappy electrical. I think it was about breakout clauses in labour hire and got like heaps of comments. Like it went up to like, I think it was like over 100 comments. So I think we can use those platforms to our advantage mm. to try and educate and put our message out there. But the thing is, it all takes time and, you know, you need that dedicated active activists within your membership to then spend the time to do it. But anyway, bit of a tangent. Mm. But, uh, you know, I, th- I think it's something that we, we could potentially co-opt and, and use to our advantage. Anyway, that's that's uh, that's my tangent and rant. We've taken all the oxygen out of <laughs> out of Alex's was, commentary. This, this, is the, these, are the, these are the parts of the shows that get edits. Like there's a little pause, delete, uh, and start back up again. <laughs> Shut up, for so annoying. No, not really. It's just truth. <laughs> Enter at your own risk, pal. <laughs> Absolutely. That's good. I like listening to your podcast, so it's not, it's good to have a chat here while you're recording it. Good on you, man. Yeah, and this is going to be um, this is going to definitely be a thing because it's fucking heaps more dynamic than just us shit talking about our own fucking uh, <laughs> <laughs> dribble, you know. Nah, Clarky's fucking tangents are the highlight of the podcast. Hey! I reckon. Fucking getting on his fucking soapbox and rambling. No, well, I'm going to move a motion that Alex Capper fucks off. (laughs) (laughs) Time's up, Cap. Cut. Do not ring back ever. (laughs) (laughs) Alex Capper, a legend. Alex Capper is blacked from the the shed. (laughs) He doesn't need encouragement, man. Honestly. No, look what you've fucking done now. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Fucking a very well-educated listener. <laughs> Mate, if we had merchandise to send out, I wouldn't send you any. <laughs> so I wouldn't fucking wear it. <laughs> well no. done. Oh, awesome. sweet. All right, mate. Thanks for um, taking our call. And, no. We'll, and uh, no doubt we'll have a chat again soon about something. Stay safe. Sorry, mate. I didn't recognise your celebrity voices when I answered the phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, just added added effect, mate. But um, stay safe, keep up the blue, mate, and um, we'll get you on again soon, eh? <laughs> no worries, boy. see you later. Good on you, mate. See you, So uh, that was Alex um, from South Australia. Uh, good that we got a couple of listeners on uh, tonight, lads. That was uh, really good. I really enjoyed that. Maybe um, that'll encourage some more <clears throat> listeners of the show to... Uh, give us their number and we'll give them a call next time. But we may, just may, probably try a little bit of a different strategy and plug it for a bit longer. So at the start of the week when we know we've got a recording session, probably say, hey, we're going to do a recording session on fucking Friday. Send, send in your numbers, we'll give you a call. What do you reckon? Yeah, I reckon. And we'll have like a time limit and then a buzzer button, like you said, so we don't get too overwhelmed. Yeah, fucking just pun them when we fucking get sick of them. Just fucking like, do you, do you know who I am? 
Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know who I am? That'd be a good fucking What's going on? I'm just for mate. Well, that's why it's called Mixed Memes. What, what he time fucking, is it? He hey, brings Neil. the memes. Hey, Neil, what time is it? I think it's Mixed Memes time. <laughs> mixed Memes time. <laughs> memes, memes, Mixed Memes. It's Mixed Memes time. Where's the music? What music? Oh, we can oh, have music if you want. Fucking oath. It's, it's, oh, hang on. It's not. It's, hang it's on. so. It's not worth. Hang it. On. it is worth. Hang it. On. Hang it on. is fucking what worth. What time it. is it, people? What time? It's awful. It's mixed memes time. Sally, please, please memes, unplug memes, it with memes. your head. It's mixed memes. Yeah. Please unplug it. No, you didn't, Sally. We're Let probably going to have to get a different song because that's our actual intro music. Ah, get a different song. And our outro music. So we'll get a different song for mixed memes. It's not particularly special. No. I can. Uh, I we'll can get kick, one. I've, there's been some great little bit of focus put on Antifa as a as a thing. Probably helped along a little bit by. Um, the president of the United States, so targeting Antifa and stuff like that. So that just sprouted this massive thread. A picture of um, Oscar Schindler was put up, original Antifa organiser was one that put up. Then a picture of The Sound of Music. Yep. And, and she's singing to the kids and it says, fuck you, I won't do what you tell me, fuck you, whatever. Motherfucker, ah, is the fucking thing. Another one with the lead actor out of The Sound of Music with... The fucking Uzi's going flat stick. <laughs> That's good. And then heaps of posts, um, anti-far with pictures of the dudes out of Star Wars, Indiana Jones smashing a Nazi, anti-far logo, the original anti-far, and it's got the storming of Normandy. So, yeah, just highlighting the fact that um, at one point, even the US had a fair bit to do with... Um, Suppressing no, fascism. Well, or was it, it wasn't. It wasn't about um, getting rid of all fascism. Just some fascism. Just the German yeah, variety. Just the German variety. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Oh, oh there you go. See you. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking. <laughs> Sully just fully. <laughs> Sully just fully ate shit. Neil's obviously pretty happy because he ate him. And Clarky got it on camera by the looks of it. Oh, yes. Is that a video? Yep. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> not even quality. <laughs> so, Neil's memes has got off to a flying start. It's good. Thank you. No. <laughs> no, Michael. You're not doing that at all. Oh, I tried to sneak out the what back door. What do you fucking there. mean? <laughs> so, the one that I found this week that Clark I found memes, good. quite <laughs> humorous was um, Existential Comics. Oui, good one. And it's uh, Capitalist Dictionary. Freedom. Serving the rich. Equality. Everyone gets to serve the rich. Happiness. Liking how you serve the rich. Failure. Your life's work isn't useful to the rich. So, the uh, Black Lives Matter, the anti-fast stuff and all the social unrest has absolutely delivered gold, has been delivering fucking rolled gold in terms of dark humour on the interwebs. So, what's the difference between a police officer and a bullet? When a bullet kills someone, you know it's been fired. And the comment, the comment on Twitter is, that joke is so dark it's going to get shot by a cop. <laughs> there, are sharp, there are sharp, sharp people on the internet and we're not making fun of racial violence, but that is some clever fucking on-your-feet thinking. Fucking oath. That's, yeah. <laughs> that joke is so dark it's going to get shot by a cop. Oh, dearie. Deary me. Could it be I've got too many memes? Can't be trolled. It's your segment. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Chris is funny. Michael, don't be like that. There's a really good 
Facebook page called Conservatives Threatening Us with a, with a Good Time Again. And it's sort of like a... What's the word? I'm out of words for the day. I don't have that many. It's a cunning plan, actually. It's the irony. So it's about um, conservatives, angry conservative right-wingers saying angry things in truth, but the irony of them is actually hilarious for people that are on the left. And one of them... Oh, Fuck, Sally. Jesus Christ. Fucking <laughs> Sally's back. Come on, man. Gee, just because just just Neil kicked you off the table, man. Just fully oh. climbs up, yeah, whatever. It, before I bleed out, I'll get through some more memes. So on this page, conservatives threatening us with a good time again. Walmart has put a post up saying, we won't rebuild, be rebuilding Walmart stores in cities without police. And someone's written back, two birds with one brick. <laughs> Very, we're just, we're just getting going. We're just getting going. Just fucking relax, eh? Yeah, just do that. So there's a photo of, taken from the UK because of the bobby hats on the, the rosers. And there's a, looks like a copper on a police line from the back. Big fella. He's got a baton raised above his head, like a truncheon thing that he's about to fucking plonk some poor punter in in the front line of the protest. And in a little bit of irony, on the back of his vest, it says police medic. And he's about to <laughs> knock someone with his thing. And the, the caption is police medic. He will beat you to health with his magic wellness stick. <laughs> sure will. There's a hilarious trend on Twitter of police departments who are sort of fighting a rearguard action of trying to stay relevant in the States and still not getting the fucking point and uh, staking their claim and fighting protesters and doing all this sort of thing. So the trolling of these police departments is fucking hilarious <laughs> and I encourage everyone to get on and have a look. So Portland Police put up a photo of more items recovered that were thrown at officers, full beverage cans, bricks, bottles, rocks, food. And all the photo is of is of an apple, a can, a dented can of beans, the neck of like two busted stubbies that could have come from anywhere and like a little rock. It's not really a brick. <laughs> and <laughs> the pundits commented and gone, shit, that's really good. If these items fell into the hands of top anti-far scientists, they could create upwards of two bongs. <laughs> Here's a good one. Unsophisticated PMs says a sophisticated state-based actor is responsible for cyber attack. No wonder he's trying to destroy the arts, bloody actors. <laughs> <laughs> very, very good, mate. <laughs> so there has also been on the back of Black Lives Matter stuff, um, a number of people and organisations make some good steps towards doing things they should have done a long time ago. So there's whole organisations that are banning things that they used to do normally. Mm. So in the States, NASCAR is obviously quite a big deal, a bit like our V8 supercars over here. Huge following and uh, they would prominently at certain racetracks display the confederate flag which is a sign of basically is co-opted by white supremacists in the, the south of the u.s sorry so a dude called i don't, I don't know if you get his fucking name right here we'll call him ray chicarelli i think that's what it is angry tweet from ray i'd like to announce i'm retiring from nascar after this season i cannot drive a car for a league that won't allow my special flag 
and NASCAR official Twitter response has replied, we actually had to Google who you were. I'm sure your dozens of fans are real sad about your crusade to defend participation trophies. <laughs> Peter Norman's got a bit of a run this week. He has. Cool. Which, shout out to him again. Fucking oath. We've done yeah. it before on the potty, but fucking good on him. Pretty yeah. relevant to the Black Lives Matter type situation we're in at the moment. Relevant to that and relevant to the fact <clears throat> that um, that statue where there's the three of them, but he's not on the platform. On, yep. the, on the podium, that was called out as one of the statues that will definitely not get pulled over. And the reason why he didn't want his likeness of him put on that on that statue was so that other people could then take the podium and show solidarity with the other two mm. African-American athletes. The, the symbol is awesome. Such a fucking good can. Yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah, and I never fucking knew of him until just recently, which is embarrassing, but it's also a sad indictment on the fucking state of this nation and the way we treat our history, whitewash it, basically. That wasn't convenient for the powers that be. It wasn't a story they wanted to tell while we still lived under a white Australia policy. And that's pretty terrible as well, Clark, you've got to be honest. <laughs> it's probably going to smell as bad as your attitude. <laughs> You'll probably blame it on fucking Sully again. Like last week. That was you, mate. No, it wasn't. It was you. Lies. Fucking you, mate. Lies. For a matter of public record, last episode I made a fuck up. And it was pointed out to us by a good comrade and listener of the show. I used a term I shouldn't have, and that term was mongoloid. And after it was pointed out to me, I googled what that meant, and it was fucking completely inappropriate. Not that it really matters, but pretty clearly... Uh, I wouldn't intend to use a term that would cause offence to people. So if I have, I fucking deeply apologise to those people. Wind her up. Are we, are we though? We are definitely going to wind up. I don't think up. we are. We fucking are. Wind her up. Uh. Uh, episode 31 coming to conclusion, I'd, I'd say. It's done. It's done. It's done. Pretty good episode. Not uh, bad. Good Not to bad. have a couple of callers. That was good. Something new. Let's do a bit more of that, actually. Probably organise it a bit better rather than... Five minutes before we record, go, oh, by the way, let's see if we can get someone to give us their phone number. We'll probably plan a little bit ahead next time and try and get a few more numbers to call. But as always, thanks to everyone that takes the time to listen to our podcast. We really appreciate it. We really enjoy doing it. Make sure you join your union. It's the only way that you're going to build collective power within your workplace and bring a bit of democracy to your workplace. Go and strike flip cards, question the status quo. Over to you, Neil. Yeah, man. Andrew it was, wasn't it, that came on? Yep. I think he fucking made some good points. He, and he was right, and it reiterates what Clarky was saying. People out there in the uh, public can critically think, and um, they're starting to identify that uh, one of the few trusted entities out there that exists in the space of representation is a fucking union, and, and Clarky's spot on. You do yourself a massive favour by joining your union and seeking out collective solutions to your struggle of the day. Beyond that, fucking question the status quo, look at the parameters of the discussion that's been presented online, maybe dig out the book Manufacturing Consent or... As a cheap way, an easy way to access it is just punch that into YouTube and there's heaps of videos where Noam Chomsky's doing speaking tours at the release of the book and they're fucking amazing. They go for about 35 minutes and there's about 20 minutes of Q&A and there's probably about 20 or 30 of them and they're all worth checking out. Mick? Hello. Almost goodbye. Just a shout out to anyone that's fucking struggling through this um, situation as it's escalated through COVID. 
humans haven't evolved or aren't equipped to deal with these fucking bullshit systems that we are forced to live with under the negative effects of capitalism. So if you are struggling, um, just know that it's fucking, you're okay. Like you're doing your best and um, all together using all our fucking resources and knowledge through the union movement and social movements, we can fucking link arms and, and be a force for effective change. So one little task for the listener is, although it is still taboo in a lot of circles and people are generally terrified of what it means to have a political conversation, what have you got to lose? We've got a fucking lot more to lose by not doing those things than getting in there and just speaking to someone in your sphere of influence to ask them, what are your thoughts on this? Why is that the case? And then who knows where you will end up going with that conversation. So that's the least we can do. It's the baseline. And for anyone that is battling with the negative effects of um, the system we currently live in, do not be afraid to hit up the page um, because someone here will be here to have a chat to you. Awesome. Adios. And uh, see you next time. That's a wrap. Fuck yeah. How long do we go for in the end, Mr. Oh, Clark? Yeah, 45.